As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Going to the Costco and I'm gonna get a hot dog. Going to the Costco and I'm... Gonna get a hot dog. Gee, I'm really hungry and I'm gonna get a hot dog. Going to the Costco, I got a hot dog. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Monday, February 27th. 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, that's Tass Mellis. Hope you're ready. Podcast listeners, this is for you! Next to Tassius, the bearded woman, Tasha Hotboy, Trey Kirby. hey yo hey yo And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello! There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second, like the vid, make sure you subscribe, comment away, get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, Hats, shorts, might yeah. be a few left. Yeah, some shorts. Might be a few left. Uh, go to nodunks.com, get all of your immaculate items over there. And uh, once you're done with today's classic No Dunks pod, and it's going to be a classic, check out the brand new episode of Is This Good with the Athletics' own Zach Harper. Yes, talk hoops. Joining Matteo <laughs> and JD to discuss, among other things, waiters singing happy birthday to you. People hooking up at the movie theater and the reliability of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I haven't fired this one up, JD, but can you give us a little tease? Maybe what was the best or most debated topic? Oh, well, we found out when Zach Harper lost his virginity. So tune in for that. (laughs) During a movie? And what, and what movie? Oh my okay, God. yeah, it was a movie. The, the question is, which what? movie? Wow. Die Hard. Mm. <laughs> well, Too early. Too early. Too early. Oh, okay, oh, excited. All right, Is This Good? It's available wherever you uh, download and listen to podcasts. It's also on YouTube. Search for Is This Good? Matt Austin there. All right, I'll I give you a wait. hint. It was, it's part of a very famous franchise. Okay. Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first time. Yeah. Harper is around your nice. age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm excited for this Can't one. Wait. I was listening to him on the Athletic NBA show today. Just the craziest ideas 
Zach Harper had for NBA <laughs> rules. He's like, if a shot counts after, if a shot goes in after the buzzer, but it's within 0.3 seconds, they should count the shot, go to overtime, but your team starts down three <laughs> just because it's so exciting. Oh, wow. So tune into Is This Good for things like that. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of that this weekend in the yeah. NBA. A lot of uh, shots just after the buzzer, some bombs uh, in a couple thrilling games. Uh, we're going to get into our winners and losers of the NBA weekend. This is going to be an action-packed show. There was so much happening this weekend in the NBA. But first, we had some wedgies to celebrate. We had two. Friday night, in one of the craziest games we've seen in a long time, the Kings-Clippers double overtime thriller. We had Eric Gordon sticking his third wedgie of the season. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, good job by him. And then, on Sunday, down at the Fortress, I saw it live, guys. Dorian Finney-Smith from the corner stuck a low wedgie. Very low. And uh, that gets us up to 30 Seven. They're coming so fast and furious, WedgieTracker.com can't even keep up. Haven't updated as of yet. Though I believe that's an international man. So maybe the time <laughs> difference got him there. <laughs> he was busy this weekend. I don't know. Anyway, we're up to 37, and we're, uh, I believe we're on pace still for over 50, which would be great. But let's get into the winners of the NBA weekend. I'll get us started, because it happened in the late game last night. It was Damian Lillard going for 70 one points. It happened again, guys. 71. We said when Mitchell did it, would you be all that shocked if we see another 70-point performance this year? No. We said no, and it was Lillard. 13 three-pointers he hits against the Rockets on route to now the eighth highest scoring total in NBA history. He had 41 at halftime. He had 50 by the start of the fourth quarter. And again, he finishes with 71. 22 of 38 from the floor. 13 of 22 from deep. 14 of 14 at the line. You knew it was his night when he hit that, even for Dame, a deep bomb at the end of the first half. I mean, that was like a foot or two over the half-court line, just pulling up in rhythm. Had a dunk midway through the fourth quarter. And uh, so much for that three-point contest, uh, uh, ruining any rhythm this guy had because he's on an unbelievable heater. They get the win against the Rockets. 71 tasks. I I don't want us to become accustomed to this. Though it feels like people already are. Yeah, I saw Rod Benson tweeting today. Guy scored 70, I don't even care. I saw Come on, too. step your game up. Step your game up, Rod Benson. This was incredible, seeing Damian Lillard do this. I couldn't believe it when I saw the tweets coming along that said, 41 points in the first half? That must be some kind of a typo. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I finally tapped in uh, when Lillard was at 61, thinking, all right, maybe he'll be able to get a, a new career high for him. I didn't think he was going to score another 10 points. Got a little tired doing it. Yeah. Could have maybe gone for over 71 uh, to best Donovan Mitchell this season. But he just got so tired from getting to 71. But that was exciting to watch. Great team to do it against. I heard Keith Parrish on the Daily Ding this morning. At least seven players had their season high against the Rockets right. this season. So they've got another 20-something games. We could easily see another 70-point game. <laughs> against the Rockets in yes, particular, yes. yeah. They yeah, don't defend. I guess Keith was mm-hmm. going through, like, Lucas had a big game against them. John Morant, Tyler Hero. Markinen. Uh, LeBron had a big yep. one this year, obviously now Dame. Uh, yeah, thoughts on Lillard's Well, yeah, go, uh, watching it, just watching him get into the lane, I think, was the most impressive part because you just think, oh, yeah, he scored. He had the second most threes ever in a game here with, with 13. Mm-hmm. But he set it up uh, by getting into the lane early, his first bucket into the lane. Just over and over and over again. He looked extremely refreshed. And I think the conversation post-All-Star game where guys are fresh and you're seeing really good games that we'll get to and and really fresh guys, 
Damien Lillard even took a game off to write a song on an airplane. He took the he took the first game off after he looked spry. I thought the most impressive part was just him feeling comfortable against everybody in the lane. Uh, he looked strong, and uh, so much so that the NBA t- drug tested him after the game. Yeah, uh, he but he was he was surprised and he was angry about. It. He was pissed. No pun intended. No, he actually a urine test on Saturday. He had a urine test on Saturday. Okay. So this is before the the day before the game. And then Sunday after the game, he gets splashed by water on the court. He wants to shower. He gets back into the locker. Right, right. Even before he showers, the NBA pulls him inside and says, you got to do a blood test. So tough weekend for him. He hates needles as well. Um, even though he's got a bunch of tattoos, he says, he says drawing blood is totally different. So he had to sit there wet and soaked to get a blood test. Wow. Long weekend for him. Uh, but now five 60-point games in his career. Yeah. Tied for third most all-time with MJ. It's Wilt, Kobe, and then MJ and Lillard have five each. So Wilt has 32. Probably won't be caught. <laughs> no one's catching That's that silly. for a while. Kobe, has, a silly one. Kobe Bryant has six. Right. And MJ and Lillard have five apiece. Yeah, he looked uh, he looked phenomenal. You go back and watch it. Rod Benson... You know, comments like that saying uh, 70, 70 is a, a monstrous number, and I know we're, we're, we're into point inflation, but just go watch his performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 70 is the new 60, sure. So <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you didn't think uh, 60 was all that impressive, which it, it is, then you don't think 70 is all that <laughs> impressive. But 60 is the new 50. I guess if you don't care about 50s, you don't care about Anyway, uh, plus 10 is the new, the new numbers. That's just how it works with, with, with three balls. Yeah, 13 threes. Um, can't wait for Clay's record to be tied or broken here and maybe the rest of this regular season, if not in the next couple of years. I guess it stood for a little while, right? He did that in 2018. Clay did when he hit 14, I believe. So it's actually shocking that it hasn't been tied uh, yet with these guys. But what a game. 71, it was like one of the most efficient, like true shooting percentage 70-point uh, games we've ever had. And uh, I believe they did it in the least amount of time as well. He only played only played like 39 minutes to get to 71 <laughs> yeah i mean mitchell's was overtime right so, right yeah so i'm pretty sure it is to me. yeah so what a game uh, gets two, us started two here things here yep. uh ziggy here in the stream team i like this comment i feel like the good game drug test is nba marketing at this mm-hmm. point yeah it does kind of feel like that mm-hmm. gives you a little extra to be like wow even the league was like this is crazy that uh is just a silly comment uh but number two i was seeing this go down you think Damian Lillard could end up first team All NBA? It's gonna be tough. Holy crap! He's not. I mean, he's playing at an MVP level, no doubt. Yeah. But the Blazers are not good enough this season that he's actually gonna be a realistic candidate. First team All NBA though, like it felt like it was locked up with Curry and Doncic. Curry obviously has missed a whole bunch of time. Yep. Uh, Doncic is still putting up big numbers, but the Mavericks are struggling. John Morant's Grizzlies are struggling a little bit right now. Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been out of the lineup recently, and the Thunder are low in the pecking order in the Western Conference as well. Could Dame make a run at first team? He also has missed a lot of time is a problem. Um, I think he's only at, what, 47 games or something Mm -hmm. like that right now. So his games played will probably be about the same as Steph Curry's. But, man, it feels like he's been a first-team All-NBA this season. Yeah. I don't think he ultimately will. A big part of that missing the games and, of course, the record. But he's going to be on one of those teams. He might... I guess it's possible he could overtake Lillard and Doncic, excuse me, Embiid and Doncic for the uh, 
scoring record too. Probably, I mean, he's yeah. there at 33.1. He's at 32.3. So it's like he'd have to have a couple more of these, you know, 45, 50 point games and maybe some duds from some of those guys, but could do that as well. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, <laughs> it's, It sure seems like, as Trey brought up, all these guys are in similar boats here. Like, who's running away with first team guard? Mm. Doesn't feel like anybody. Uh, I wonder if maybe he regrets writing the song that he wrote on the airplane pre his 71 point performance, though. He would have had some had nice, nice lines line for that. Yeah. Lines, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. All right, let's keep it going, Taz. Who you got for winner of the weekend? Uh, well, let's keep up the scoring here. The Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Clippers had the second highest scoring game in NBA history on Friday. 40 years ago, in 1983, the Pistons and the Nuggets. Had 186 to 184 game in triple overtime. While Friday, the Kings visiting the Clippers. The Kings won 176 to 175 in double overtime. Those are real numbers. That's not. Those aren't all star numbers. And it was uh, the Clipper and Clippers and Russell Westbrook's debut. They could have closed it out, but the Kings keep fighting. They keep scrapping. They keep battling. The Kings trailed by 14 with 4:25 left in regulation. Then they trailed by six with three minutes left in the first OT. Then they trailed by six with two minutes left in the second OT. And it really was De'Aaron Fox playing winning basketball, scrapping it out. I know we talk about Fox in the offensive end, and rightfully so. He had 42 in this game, but I thought to turn this game around at the end of regulation where they were down 14 points, it was his defense. He was pressuring Paul George, turning him over, and he turned over Russell Westbrook as well. So they had a 22-8 to run or 15-2 to run, however you want to look at it, to end the fourth quarter. And then he set up Malik Monk for that three that tied it to send it to overtime. Then he had a huge seal in the second OT off Mason Plumlee and then hit the game winner with 45 seconds left there. Amazing stuff. His offense is also good. This is De'Aaron Fox just playing winning basketball, just just to show you how he's doing on both ends. The last seven games, he has scored over 30 in each, and he's done it ridiculously efficiently. Mm. You don't think Fox and efficiency at the same time, but he's growing up. It's it's happening. His last seven, 34 points per game on 57.9% from the floor. And I like what he said after this uh, double overtime game. He said, we're younger than them. And and that helped uh, as the game went along. And he set up uh, Malik Monk, as I said, for that three, who had 45 off the bench. Uh, two Kings scoring over 40 there. First time in franchise history, two 40-point uh, games from Kings in the same game. Uh, that was career high for Monk. And the Kings have the best offense in basketball, best offense in history, if you want to look at it that way because <laughs> right. of three points. Excellent. But they do have the number one offense yep. in the league. So, you know, we'll get to the Clippers and Westbrook's debut and Kawhi having 44 his clipper high since he joined the team. But just to wrap up the Kings weekend real quick, Sunday they also had a professional victory, I think you can call it. Fox had 33, Sabonis had 14 points, 15 boards, 8 assists. Keegan Murray I thought was really, really good. 20 points, playing off others really, really well, taking the lanes when they were there to drive, the offensive rebounding, attacking, defending. No SGA on the other side with an abdominal strain, but the Kings, two wins, Mm -hmm. hanging on to that third seed. So that was a big win over the Clippers in the fourth seed on, on Friday. <laughs> it was a battle down to the wire. And they're not too far from the second seed at all uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. Kings, feeling good. Winner of the weekend. What do you think of that uh, crazy Friday night game there between the Kings and Clips? That's a lot of points, man. <laughs> 175, 176. That uh, doesn't feel legit to me. doesn't feel like a real basketball game. But I thought super impressive for the Kings to get a couple of wins here with DeMontis Sabonis not playing all that well. 
really uh, struggled uh, in the overtime uh, in the double overtime game, uh, and then had an okay game against the Thunder. Uh, I guess a minor revenge game for him. But <laughs> to be able to get wins when one of your stars is not playing all that well is huge for the Kings. They have figured something out with their offense here, and I think it's great because they're only 25th in defense. We talked for years and years and years, like, man, this Kings offense is good. If their defense can be just average, they'll be a playoff team. No, no. They just went overboard in mm-hmm. offense and stayed bad at defense. That's how you do it, light the beam. <laughs> I, I will say, like, if you didn't watch the game, too, or, you know, whatever highlights the Kings-Clippers game that went to double overtime, and you see 176-185, it's very natural to be like, oh, zero defense played in that one. I mean, where's the D? It's actually not that true. Like, the the offense was just that elite, the shot making. I mean, okay, this is not the uh, Pistons 04 here by any means on either side of the ball. But, the like, the shooting percentages were just unreal and tough shot making at that. And both teams are on fire from three. So when you get, like, 18 threes from the Kings, 26 from the Clippers, uh, uh, unbelievable percentages, everybody taking care of business at the line, too. It's just crazy. But, Wow. To see that score, it does feel like an all-star game. Double overtime or not. I mean, they had a lot of points at the end of the fourth quarter, for crying out loud. Yeah, I wanted to see how legit this was. I watched every minute going back on, on Saturday morning. I watched every minute of tape. Now, the Clippers missed Zubats in the middle. He's probably their most important defender. He's mm-hmm. not in the game, so that, that changes things. And I thought Westbrook, we'll get to him. He was good at setting guys up. And he was good at finishing, and the Clippers made a franchise record 26 threes in part because Westbrook was setting guys up. He's pushing the ball, and they want that. They play slow. It's a different game with him out there. But they're a jump-shooting team anyway, so they just need a tiny bit of space, and if Westbrook gets them that, then they're going to hit shots. So Mm -hmm. uh, these shots were just pure shots. But, uh, you know, the Clippers were kind of lazy getting back. There was, uh, I think they they allowed – 44 fast break points, if I'm right, or 41 fast break points. That's a freaking ton that's of fast ton. break points. Uh, so there was, yeah, it was nice shot making, but that's that's what the Kings do. Uh, they they allow a lot of baskets as well. Trey, who you got for a win of the weekend? One of the last things we talked about on Friday was the Bucks' win streak at 12, going into the double J Crowder revenge game weekend. The Heat and the Suns. The Bucks got six minutes and 28 seconds from Giannis Antetokounmpo this weekend, and it did not matter. They blew out the heat, squeaked by the stuns, extended their win streak to 14 games, longest in the league this season. I saw Bucks exec Alex Lassery on Twitter claiming the All-Star game win, too. So it should be 15. <laughs> That's Team Giannis. Giannis won. Yeah, he wow. played one play. Yeah, well. They didn't win. Uh, uh, Drew Holiday did not win the skills challenge, though, so I wonder if that counts. Anyways, Friday against the Heat, Bucks' biggest win of the season. Giannis, Giannis knocked knees with somebody, left early in the first quarter, but the Bucks already had the lead, never looked back. They hit 19 threes in this one. They got Bobby Portis back after 11 games. He went for 18 points, 11 rebounds. Like, the biggest takeaway from this was there was a great clip of Drew Holiday singing along to I Want It That Way <laughs> on the yeah. sideline. Uh, like, they do the crowd karaoke thing. He's screaming, don't want to hear you say into a water bottle after the game. He said, classic song, we were winning. It's just good vibes. I agree. Sunday, a little bit more interesting. Giannis sat out, but Drew was larger than life. Nice. Nice, nice pun. 33 points, four rebounds, five assists, made some huge plays down the stretch, hit a big three with about two minutes left, put the Bucks up by one after Chris Middleton found Brooke Lopez for a layup with 24 seconds left. Uh, Drew then ripped Devin Booker on a drive to the hoop to seal the game. He's going to have a little bit of a case for Clutch Player of the Year award, I think, at the <laughs> end of this season. I thought you were going to say all-NBA first team. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that one's wrapped up for Dame Lillard. You're going to see. 
Yeah. You'll see. But I think Drew might have a chance. Drew might have a chance to make uh, one, one of, of these the all-NBA teams. It's, it's tough at so the guard So many good spot. guards, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but they'll give, them a lot of, they'll give them a lot of props because the guy plays on both ends of the court. Mm-hmm. And you saw it in this one. And he's, I mean, he's been good on offense in the fourth quarters for the Bucks when they have needed it as well. 14 straight wins. They're a half game back of the Celtics right now for best record in the league. They got the Nets tomorrow on the road. Then the Magic at home on Wednesday. Could easily stretch this thing out to 16 games. Next big challenge is going to be the 76ers at home this coming Saturday. Mm, yeah, it's going to be a big one. I can't believe they've won 14 straight, and yet they've they've still not taken over the Celtics for the number one seed, who's also, I mean, we're going to get to them, mm-hmm. still racking up enough wins to sort of maintain that lead. But that number one seed, too, we talked about, I think, on Friday's show. We slipped it in there like, that's going to be one hell of a race to watch. Yeah, These teams are going to want that number one seed to avoid, in any second round, having to take on probably a team like the 76ers who are not going to be an easy out. And you would rather, as the number one seed, let those two and three seeds, you know, one of you take care of the other one for us. And we'll be waiting in the conference finals is what they're thinking. So can't wait to see who can uh, ultimately take it. Feeling probably like it's going to be Boston or Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially yeah. we'll get to the Sixers. Yeah. Lost to the Celtics. Yeah. It's it's too deep a hole for the Sixers to get there, especially with their tough march. Uh, and right. they hope that the Celtics get the first seed because they would rather play the Bucks in uh, round two if they get there, if, if if chalk happens because the Celtics own uh, the Sixers. That's just the way it goes. But uh, the more Yanni sits out, the more Drew Holiday gets some pub. And the way Yanni's played the first possession of the All-Star game, as uh, Mr. Lazary saw. Then he got the imaging done. We thought he would sit. He always comes back. He comes back. He knocks knees. He goes out. And Drew is talking about Backstreet Boys after the game. I mean, that's how good things are mm-hmm. uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. He's asked about it, and he says, yeah, it's just a classic song from the late 1900s. <laughs> uh, he didn't say that, but, you know, that's what the kids say, the late 1900s, because that was all, a long time ago where BSB was killing it. But they're still touring and stuff. They so are? If you want, I think, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, like not, Ve- like, it's, not, Vegas, like, uh, it's not like 365 days tour, but they tour with the other sure, oldies, sure. with the new kids and stuff. <laughs> okay. oh, wow. I think. That'd be a great yeah. show, actually. No, yeah. uh, Neo was performing at the uh, Atlanta Hawks game yesterday. He got up for the halftime performance. They had him like sitting courtside, and then they like just went right into it. He got up and st- started singing. It was slick. Yeah, well Nelly did that earlier this year, right? Yeah, is that the new thing? You just, just sit there courtside, yeah. and then they hand the you a mic, and then you put on a show. Was he, yeah, he was sitting in those uh, those special seats. No, nah, he, was, he wasn't. I know oh, which yeah. ones you're talking yeah. about. The uh, Michelob Ultra <laughs> big Yeah, the yeah. Big, the big, <laughs> big chairs. The big comfy Michelob chairs. Ultra seats where no one drinks a Michelob Ultra. That's right. Um, all right. Let's keep it going. Another round, because there was so much happening in the NBA weekend. Who you got? There Where? was a lot happening. I thought the Celtics-Sixers game on Saturday was absolutely oh, yeah. freaking incredible. The Sixers led by 15, eight minutes left in the third. And in a game that felt like a playoff game, the Celtics came roaring back, and it feels like the Celtics could do this in the postseason. It's kind of Warriors-like from the last few years. They could put 20 points straight on you, and they have the experience now. So they came back. The Sixers relaxed a little bit in that third quarter, for sure. They left Al Horford open oh, over yeah. and over and over. <laughs> three, 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 yeah. three. Al Horford was on fire in the third quarter. Yeah, four threes in the third after being scoreless in the first half. And Jalen Brown was leading them. He was their best player on the night. But the Sixers fought back as well. Celtics were up 10. Midway through the fourth, Sixers tied it up. Five seconds left. Celtics have the ball. They're inbounding. And Tatum starts in the backcourt as they inbound in the front court. They just throw it into Marcus Smart. Tatum comes. Full sprint from the backcourt. 
I like to think of it as the John Morant play, but I guess the Celtics have run it before. Well, yeah, it ended with that Tatum-like dunk against the Cavs. The exact same play. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Isaiah Thomas used to run it. Mm. Brad Stevens running him. Uh, Kyrie Irving used to run it. But Tatum pulled up in this one at the three-point line because he had some space. Buried a three, 1.3 seconds left. Sixers inbound to Joel Embiid. He's cut off a little bit by Derek White, so he has to sidestep him a little bit. Takes him an extra half second, throws it up, and it goes in. Tie game. Oh my god! Everybody's celebrating except Joel Embiid. Yeah, he Joel, knew. He, he was knew. like, "Nope." He's like, "Do not celebrate." I had to take that extra second. Derek White, great defense. It really helped out. He said afterwards, he, he knew, and he said, "Quote: Story of my life." And I think what he was referring to was the Celtics owning their ass. Like he just can't beat the Celtics. Like he said a couple of years ago. Uh, he was asked, if, is it is it rivalry with the Celtics? Do you guys have a rivalry? He said, what rivalry? They kick our ass every single time. But there are some Sixers pauses. Embiid was great against Al Horford, against a guy who's you know supposed to own him, supposed to be able to defend him. 41 points, 12 of 21 shooting. Even though he's hurt, whatever that means, he says he's got to sit down for weeks. <laughs> but he's not. He was getting into his moves far quicker against such a good Celtics defense. And there's bodies lining up for him at the rim, and he was just kind of going through him. So he looked great, but the Sixers got destroyed on their bench. Uh, the Celtics bench is, you know, one of the best in the league. Yeah. They've probably got the, you know, a six-man or six-man candidate in uh, Malcolm Brogdon. They've got Derek White on the bench now with Marcus Smart there. And Tyrese Maxey, who has been moved to the bench, just has to be good if the Sixers bench is going to be good because they have problems, you know, beyond Maxey. He has to mask those problems. Tyrese Maskey, uh, I guess, because uh, he had eight points in this one, uh, but it was, it was so quiet. And that's why Joel Embiid sat in the locker room after the game and talked to him. They had a long conversation, apparently, about him getting back to Tyrese Maxey because Niang has zero points. Uh, McDaniels wasn't great. Reed was minus 14 in five minutes, which is hard to do. So they got to figure something out. No Harold, He's not going to play Deadman. Could he be the backup center? I think we're going to see Tucker at backup center minutes. He had 17 boards in this one. So that was great for him. Embiid, Harris going 8 of 12. But I just wonder if they'll ever beat Boston, as I said about the standings. It's good that they're in the three seed, I think. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're going to play the Bucks. I, I, <laughs> yeah, unless the Bucks pass. Uh, uh, but unless the Bucks pass the Celtics, then that sucks uh, for them. But they just kind of own them, uh, even though, it was, you know, it was an incredible game and a oh, really, really fun game. Super fun game. Also, I love that floor. I love that throwback, old plain school, floor. very plain floor. I don't know why. It works in Philly. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I like those brotherly love uh, jerseys as well there. I like a team wearing uh, their home white jerseys for a change. That's always uh, you know a unique thing in today's NBA. What a game, though. All the games, I mean, for the most part, the uh, national TV games this weekend were very entertaining. So the NBA sort of knocked that one out of the park, especially with this one on Saturday Night Trey. Oh, yeah. I have to imagine Adam Silver watched the All-Star game and said, Y'all are going to play like that. You better bring it in the regular season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And they all brought it. <laughs> yeah. That's too bad, though, that the Sixers lost this one because that was an MVP performance from Embiid. I thought he broke the Celtics completely. They could not double him. He was moving the ball too quickly. The passing was on point. The decision-making was there. Al Horford had no chance in single coverage against them on defense. He was roaming off Robert Williams to the point where the Celtics couldn't play two big men. But then the thing is, they brought in Derek White, and Derek White was awesome. And the bench was such an advantage uh, for the Celtics in this one. No guard play at all uh, from the Sixers. Harden did not have a very good game. He made some plays a little bit late. And like you said, Maxie really didn't do much. Also, Harden, uh, pretty weird defense on Marcus Smart on that last play there. 
you don't need to worry about a pull-up half-court shot. Right, right. From Marcus Smart right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Derek White, just to, to point out his line, which was nearly flawless, 18 points, 7-9 shooting, had a board, two assists, a block, no turnovers in 25 minutes. He's a plus 25 in those 25 minutes. And you talked about, like, Brogdon in the running for six, man. Now you have Derek White. You know, Grant Williams didn't have a good good game in this one. Like, he shot poorly, but he is a good player. Like, that's three guys that would start on a lot of teams coming off the Celtics bench, and that was the big difference maker in a game where Tatum struggled until he hits the huge three. Um, and, yeah, Embiid was a monster. I will say, if they match up, it's really important for Horford to hit those threes because that's one limitation of Joel Embiid. He, he can't, like, get out there and guard the three-point line. You want him around the rim, deterring shots and all that. And... You know, Al picked the right quarter to just catch fire, and he was just stroking it, and that got them right back in the game. Like, the game was, like, getting out of hand there. Like, the Sixers were – it appeared like they were going to run away with it, and suddenly it was, like, a close game going in the fourth quarter. So that'll be huge if they match up here in another series. It's fun. It's a fun chess game yeah. because the Celtics may say, hey, let's play Horford at the five uh, to try and pull and beat right. out, but the, the Sixers may force Robert Williams to come into the game, and the Celtics have options because they can go big with Robert Williams or they can go smaller with Grant Williams in the starting lineup. And then Blake Griffin will come in and fight for a couple possessions. Uh, they, uh, Yeah, it'll be fun. Fun, fun game. TK, keep us going. Who else you got? Nice little weekend for the New York Knicks. They beat the Wizards on Friday, career-high 46 for Julius Randle. New York got down by 19 in the first half. Chris Tapps Porzingis had 19 in the first quarter. And then they completely took him out of the game. Didn't take a shot in the second or third quarter. I'm ashamed to admit this, Skeets. At one point, I said, let's go Knicks. Oh, wow. Out loud in my home. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Felt bad. But some major clutch plays down the stretch from Randall, from Brunson, from Josh Hart, from Mitchell Robinson, from Emmanuel Quickly. Guess what? That's five players. That's their closing lineup right there. And they were awesome uh, against the Wizards. On Saturday, they completely smacked the Pelicans. 73 points in the first half. Perfect timing since they were honoring the 1973 champion Knicks at halftime. The Knicks hit 19 threes in this one. Randall, Brunson, Barrett all scored 20 or more in an easy win. Derrick Rose even played for the first time since December 31st. Tom Thibodeau apparently has a soft heart. All of the crowd was chanting for Derrick Rose. Yeah. I was like, fine, go ahead. Go ahead and play. Five straight wins, though, for New York in a virtual tie for fifth with the Nets now. Brooklyn holds the tiebreaker currently. They're technically ahead by percentage points right now, but they play a little bit later this week. The Nets are kind of struggling right now. The yep. heart addition, though, has been great for the Knicks from a vibe standpoint, certainly, but they also don't have to play R.J. Barrett quite as much, and I think Tom Thibodeau seems to trust Hart's defense a lot more down the stretch. He will play quickly and Hart for, like, 20 straight minutes. Like, they'll play, like, the last four minutes of the third quarter, then the entire fourth quarter. That'll probably come back to bite the Knicks in the long run, but it's working right now. Mitchell Robinson, also back. Skeet, you're always talking about how key that guy is, a double-double in both of these wins. So it's bing-bong time in New York right now. Yeah, especially paired with, like you said, the Nets losing some games, uh, the Miami Heat, who I know we'll get to later, and losers of the weekend losing some games. Like, those are the teams that the Knicks are battling with here for playoff positioning. So big, big win uh, weekend, excuse me, for the – for the Knickerbockers. Interesting that they, they celebrate their 50th anniversary for their title, just like the the Bucks did a couple years ago when they actually won their title on the 50th anniversary in, in 2021. Oh, wow. So maybe the Knicks are trying to pull wow. off the, the same Knicks thing. the Knicks winning the title? Wow. Wow. No, I, I'm, su- wow. I'm surprised that the Knicks would it. do that because it's, it's just a, a way to point out to their fans, <laughs> hey, we haven't been good for a long 
time. 50 is a big anniversary number, though. Yeah. You got to celebrate that one. Golden anniversary? Is that right? It sounds right. Silver? Golden? Which one is it? Silver's 25, isn't it? Golden anniversary, I do believe, is 50. There you go. Yeah, nice. Nice. Did they give them Did anything? They get gold. <laughs> a watch? Did they give them anything? Give them a watch at the very least. A gold watch, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, lots of other winners. Look, we could have had the Bulls as our win of the weekend with Patrick Beverly coming in there. Playing Pat. Yep. They got some dubs. Uh, the Hornets, are, I think, are on a four-game win streak. Uh, they had some wins. LaMelo Ball is putting up huge numbers. Gordon Hayward had a monster game. It's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this guy. So they could be in consideration here. And I got some other ones. The Hawks. Ka-ka! Let's give the Atlanta Hawks some love. On Friday, they returned from the All-Star break. They got the new coaching change. It's Joe Prunty at this point as the interim head coach taking over for Nate McMillan. But they play refreshed. They're motivated. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray combined for 59 points. They spanked the Cavs. I mean, you could immediately see the Hawks at least playing faster, getting more threes up, pushing it. Uh, They scored 14 straight buckets at one point in this game against a very good defensive team in the Cavs, so that's big. And then on Sunday, down at the Fortress, I saw it again with my own eyes, saw that wedgie, and then I saw a game winner from Ice Trey. Trey Young hit like a 12-foot jumper at the end of uh, the fourth quarter right as the buzzer went. I mean, he timed it absolutely perfect. They hold on to win 129-127. They had a nice lead. I'm with my buddy Grish with about, you know, 70 seconds to go. He turns to his son and says, this one's over. I said, there's a lot of time left, man. Like, <laughs> you've watched a lot of basketball. Nope. Teams hit threes in a hurry. What is he teaching his the, son? I, to quit? I literally like, said. You I got said, a lead? Stop playing basketball? I said, I said, what are you doing? I said, right away to, to my godson. I said, it's not over, man. Trust me. This is the Hawks, first off. This is the NBA. It's crazy. And, yep, they come back. They tied it on a Cam Johnson three. I don't know what the Hawks were doing defensively on that one. Oh, leading him bad wide stuff open. from Bogdan. But in the end, they had enough time to let uh, Trey sort of operate. Uh, and he just, like, again, I thought he was going too slow. Yeah. When he got, I'm, like, I'm like yelling in the stands, go, man. That's what, <laughs> like, the, you that's only what have the commentators s- were saying, too. Were they? You got to go. Well, it yeah. was, like, six seconds, and he's, yeah. like, you know, just, like, taking his time mm-hmm. in the backcourt, you know, sort of uh, sizing up everyone. But – Got Bridges to pump, like on the pump fake. He sort of flew by, and then Dinwiddie comes from behind, like really nice challenge. And uh, Trey sort of like he almost like snuck under it, got the uh, push jumper, whatever you want to call it, to go. Place went nuts. It was always fun to see a buzzer beater in person. I'll tell you that, even if they nearly blew it, but they got both wins. And oh yeah, they also got a new coach in Quinn Snyder. He's agreed to a five-year contract, and he is expected to make his coaching debut as soon as Tuesday. Though I think they should just let Joe Prunty. See how many wins he can rack up in a row. That should be the rule. <laughs> if you take over as the interim head coach and you don't lose, coach like just till you lose. keep running it. Yeah, coach till you lose. But good win by the Hawks here, or good weekend, and uh, they need all of these. Yeah, and Quinn Snyder in the in the press release from Landry Fields, a new young GM, it was uh, kind of let on that Quinn Snyder is going to collaborate with the front office because this is a very new front office with Landry right. Fields and Kyle Korver, very young. And Quinn Snyder, I think, is going to be a part of the front office, essentially, to try and help be an architect for a different type of team around Trey Young, to try and change it up a little bit. He's going to labby with Landry Fields. That's how you say collaborate if you're young. Mm. Oh, you got all I can't the, wait to labby You got all together. the hip terms today, eh? What, what was the other one I said? Times. I don't know, the late, late 1900s. 1900s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The late 1900s were on fleek. Remember that term? Oh, yeah. That yeah. died pretty quick, right? Uh, so, so you're saying Snyder's going to have, yeah, a, have a role in shaping this franchise? I think so. Yeah. Well, he's coming in to stabilize the organization, but 
Again, let Joe Prenti cook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's good. The yeah. Hawks should just keep changing coaches. Yeah, every day. Every time they change yeah. coaches, they get better and better. Yeah. So, I mean, give Quinn another week, fire him, bring in somebody else, and they'll keep winning. Uh, at this point, the Hawks, it feel like, just run on firing coaches. It <laughs> fires them up so yeah. much. Uh, I love that Trey Young said... Yeah, I've been counting down those seconds since I was five years old. Yeah, that's cool. I taught my daughter how to count down seconds to shoot game winners yesterday, so I'm very excited to show her this footage tonight. Yeah, mm. I see Grisham doesn't do that. He just goes, nah, there's no point. Game's over. <laughs> sure. Game's over. We're down three, six seconds to go. We're not going to get a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not going to make this. Nah, it's, no. You're not going to hit it. Just go inside. Uh, so good stuff there from the Hawks. A couple other mini winners of the weekend. Fred Van Vliet. We found out why he was gone. He had his third kid. Him and his fiance. Oh, we got the photo there. Congrats to the Van Vliet's. I bring this up because, well, watch out. Raptors about to go on a run. Van Vliet had another child, just like the 2019 playoffs, where Fred Van Vliet, like, there was a stretch of 10 games where he couldn't hit a shot in the semifinals and then even into the conference finals, that entire series versus the Sixers, and then a couple games versus the Bucks. Then he had Fred Van Vliet Jr., and then he couldn't miss. I think he went like 10 for 12 on threes over like the next couple of games to get the Raps back in front of the box. They go on to win the title. So, you know, Raptors fans, very happy to see <laughs> that Van Vliet has had another child here and he's about to go on some 35, 40-point games here. People were calling for him to be benched in that second round against, against the Sixers, the Sixers yeah. because it didn't look good. Uh, he didn't want to drive, and then all of a sudden – uh, baby, I guess that was baby one. I don't know. There's, uh, baby there's... two, I believe it was. Oh, okay. That was his first son, I think. Okay, I think. so we yeah. Got, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now there's three babies lying all over him, and that, <laughs> that makes sense. After the first one, like there's a, a fresh newborn baby on him, then there's a second baby watch or a second child watch on a phone, there's another baby. Like the first one's precious, you know? And the, and the, <laughs> but I've heard a smart man say, the first one is made of glass, the second one is made of rubber. Ain't that right, J.D.? Get him on my. He's the smart uh, man. Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. They're, they're just all over him. First yeah. one, first one, you wouldn't, you, you would, just, probably yeah, wouldn't do that. You're afraid the first one's going to break like glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other one, you just, you know, you're just chucking around. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> be fine. Okay. That's why they're tough. Uh, so congrats to them. And then finally, I'm I'm giving Chris Dunn a winner of the weekend nominee. This guy. <laughs> He scored 15 for the Jazz as they rallied from a big deficit against the Estragaling Spurs on Saturday night. But this was only his second game. He's on a 10-day contract. He's playing really well for Utah. He came in for his defense, but this guy is like a playmaker for them. He's a late-game scorer. And in 40 total minutes so far, he scored 26 points, got 9 boards, 8 assists, 3 steals, and a block. Even got into a little, uh, I don't know, pushing match, I guess if you want to call it that, with uh, Sohan there uh, against the Spurs. Um, good stuff. Chris Dunn, back in our lives. I actually hate it. Why? Because Lowry Markkinen and now Chris Dunn oh. are balling for the Utah Jazz. Former Bulls. Yeah, the two pieces they got back uh, for the Jimmy Butler trade. Mm. But I don't know. This guy's not done. He's he's not. No. He's not Brooks either. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is now their starting point guard, which is uh, strange. With no, the no, Utah that, Jazz. that's a Mod Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> Nice all-star callback right there. Um, yeah, THT might have his job taken by Chris Dunn at some point, which is really, really strange. I mean, they traded so many parts of their rotation, Mike Conley being uh, the main yeah. one, the starting point guard. So they're, they're trying to figure out the rotation. Clarkson obviously gets the ball a lot, but they're hanging on 31 and 31 
And they get the Spurs again. So they'll be above 500, <laughs> I assume. All right, that's our winners of the NBA weekend. I know there's a lot more left on that bone. Let us know in the stream team. Let us know on Twitter, at NoDunkSync. Who else was your winner of the NBA weekend? Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll get to the losers. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's do losers of the NBA weekend. Get us started, tasks. Who gets the big fat L from you? Well, you could call this team the biggest loser because they gave up a 27-point lead. The Mavs gave up the biggest lead of the season to the Lakers on Sunday. The NBA, NBA teams were 138-0 this season when leading by 27 or more points. And the Mavs gave it away. So you might ask, what the hell is wrong with the Mavs? Let's start with the Lakers. I think the Lakers flipped the script in this one. We just talked about the Utah Jazz trading away a lot of their players. Jared Vanderbilt mm. is probably the most impactful player for this uh, in this trade, I think, for the Los Angeles Lakers. They didn't have D'Angelo Russell, actually, uh, in this game. But Vanderbilt just changed the energy in this one. He started guarding Luka Doncic. And even though, surprising to, to see this, even though the Mavs hit 14 more threes than the Lakers, 42 more points than the Lakers at the three-point line, Vanderbilt was getting extra possessions to sort of you know compensate for that. Big time on the offensive glass, eight of them to go along with uh, nine on the defensive glass. So 17 boards, 15 points, and four steals as he started beside LeBron and AD in that front court in just 27 minutes. So he was really, really good at shutting down Luka, just changing the, the flow of this game. He was plus 14. And he got into early foul trouble. That's why he only played 27 minutes. And I think that's why Dallas actually went on that big run when uh, Vanderbilt sat. Now, to the Mavs. Mm. Uh, they got some the props. Mavs. They got some props, for sure. <laughs> they, they have problems guarding big players. You saw it with Anthony Davis in, in this game. He had a 30-point game. They're waiting for Maxi Kleba to come back. That's for sure. They're thin. You know, they've got the promising Dwight Powell up there. But beyond, besides him, who do they have? Yeah. Not much. So they're yeah. waiting for Kleber. But like, since the Kyrie trade, they've got the eighth-best offense, which is fine. But their perimeter defense is uh, a little lacking with Luka, Kyrie. And, and they actually made a, cha- a change in the starting lineup here with Justin Holiday that they picked up off waivers. They started him instead of Josh Green, which went okay. I, I, I just think it's it's odd to see all this happen here. The Kyrie move. Now this new move with the starting lineup. And you've got Frank Nielakina taking Jaden Hardy's minutes just to try and get more perimeter defense. It's just a lot. So they got to make it happen real, real quick. And they've got to play a better perimeter defense because I say they don't have any any big guys to stop Anthony Davis, which is true. But a problem is you're getting blown by and the guys are going to be, you know, sort of at their mercy at the rim. So that that's a, a big problem. Kleb is going to help. But opponents have been scoring at least 60 points in the paint for five straight games. Yeah. That's a lot. 30 buckets in the paint for five straight games against this Mavs team. Again, it starts with the perimeter defense. Yeah. And so that that's a problem 
they almost had this one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Lakers turned it up. And their little, defense was really, 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 yeah. really good after, uh, uh, I mean, throughout most of this game, to be honest. These guys that they traded for are helping the Lakers win some of these games. You know, no D'Angelo Russell, you said on Sunday, but he has played well in some of his games. The Beasley game where he hit the, all the threes off the bench, seven of them, right, with 25 points. Now you got this one from Vanderbilt, the defense. They're actually contributing. I guess we're waiting to see how uh, serious the injury was to LeBron. Um, he was hobbling, if you he saw him in the, uh, sort of the tunnel after. <laughs> Heard a pop. Tightened that shoe, kept playing, but he was hobbling after the game, like limping, I guess I should say. So, um, you know, who knows how serious it is. They're going to need him to play. But, uh, yeah, Maxi Kleba for the Mavericks. They're waiting for him to save their season. (laughs) He's going to help because nobody else, as much as I love Powell, you know, not a defensive force by any means. Christian Wood, the opposite of that. And uh, they need any sort of rim deterrence. Um, and it would help if guys could stay in front of the guys on the perimeter, too. It goes hand in hand, right? It's like, somebody get a body in front of these guys driving to the rim, and then, oh, yeah, when somebody drives to the rim, could somebody make life difficult? And they don't have either of those right now. Yeah, I actually think Christian Wood should have played a lot more than Dwight Powell, and I kind of think that's the way it should go going forward. Also thought it was very weird to see Justin Holiday get that much time. Josh Green has been one of their better players uh, this season, so I would go Green over Holiday. I would go Wood over Powell, because like you're saying, Powell ain't doing anything at the rim anyways, and he doesn't rebound. Jason Kidd wants to try and figure out a defensive scheme here with the Mavericks, but it's not going to happen because of the personnel that is in the locker room. So you might as well just go for full offense, and I think that that would probably be a better way to go. But the Mavs are the exact same team they were before the trade deadline. If they're hitting threes, they look good. Maybe they're going to outscore you, but they're not going to get enough stops, and every game is going to be close. And they don't always have a great plan at the end of the game. We saw uh, the third time... I guess already that there's been a little bit of a mix-up between Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. Yeah. First it was Luka didn't pass to Kyrie. Then it was Luka and Kyrie passed to each other too much. Then it was Kyrie threw a pass to Luka where he didn't expect to be. Yet another turnover. Unfortunately, Jason Kidd, he's just watching out there. Oh. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. I can't make any calls here. But y'all are seeing it out there. Yeah, uh, let's that get was, to that those quotes. weird quote. This is what Jason Kidd said. I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys. As a team, we've got to mature. We've got to grow up. I'm watching, Tass. I think that's. I think <laughs> He's that's just what, like us. That's what Kyrie and Luca are doing when the other guy has the ball. Just I watching. think they are just watching. They just haven't been. They haven't integrated all that well. Even though they're, they've got the eighth best offense. To watch just Kyrie sit in the corner is weird. That's. He's too good for that. Uh, they, and and then if Kyrie is the guy bringing up the ball, because sometimes he takes it off the board and he's the point guard. Luca's not really involved, so they got to be up top. They got to be playing together more, and they should be able to outscore the other team. They should be able to out offense the other team most of the time with those two guys. So, uh, yeah, I the Jason Kidd thing is it's unfortunate for sure. Uh, call a timeout, I guess. Uh, but well, but you're, well, so you, you shouldn't be just watching. You can have a very direct impact on the outcome of the game. It's a good game, though. With your subs and your play calls and stuff like that. He's pulling the full ja- Phil Jackson, like figure it out, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, he's definitely leaning into like, hey, when I won a title, it's because I was a vet and I was smart and we didn't blow 27-point leads and like, you know, pull your head out of your ass. I mean, I get that. Like, look, they played well enough to have a 27-point lead. There is always that, you know, opposite side of the coin here. Um, But at the same time, that's a brutal post-game comment from your coach. It's like, and he's done this multiple times too. He sort of, he sort of just throws his guys under the bus. Totally. And it's like, yeah, we get it. 
they, they screwed up. You're not playing, but it's also it's your team. It's some of that is on you too. Like own it a little bit. That's it's just odd. Yeah, it's it's just odd. Exactly like you're saying. It's no accountability yeah. when that's what you want to hear from your coach. But Jason Kidd would be awesome on this team. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be yeah. very helpful. A good Jason Kidd would be nice to see on this Dallas Mavericks team. Uh, unfortunately, he's a coach at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's just watching. I don't even know if he's, he's a just coach. Yeah, yeah, it's a, he's just, just a, a spectator. A fan. <laughs> he's got a great seat. Uh, all right, Trey, who you got for a loser of the weekend? Well, we might have to call them the Miami Feet because they stunk this weekend. <laughs> Blowout loss Friday against the Bucks. Biggest win of the season for Milwaukee, as we talked about earlier. Biggest loss of the season, though, for Miami. The Heat went 9 of 40 from three in this game. Shot 28% on attempts that were not at the rim. In the loss, Kevin Love got the first got a start in his first game with the Heat. This is his first game in a month. He didn't score mm. in 21 minutes. Went 0 for 4. That one was a stinker. Saturday, maybe even worse. Lost to the Hornets, who are balling right now. But Miami never led after the opening minutes of this game. Trailed by 22 in the first half. Did come back. Tied things up in the fourth quarter, but really threw it away. Seven turnovers in the fourth. Some crucial ones under a minute. Then they also gave up 11 offensive rebounds on the night. A big beef for Mark Williams, Mm -hmm. the rookie there for the Hornets. Tyler Hero had 33. Jimmy Butler had 28. They played well. Bam was okay. Nothing special. Kevin Love had a better game. 13 points, 13 rebounds. But they got nothing from their bench. Outscored 36-10 by the Hornets. Duncan Robinson, minus 17 in 5 minutes and 32 seconds. Out that that's that's a that's a big number minus seventeen Amazing. five minutes, two losses for the Heat this weekend, two wins for the Knicks. Now Miami is two and a half games back of the sixth seed. The Nets are struggling a little bit right now, so I think the Heat still have a chance to get into the top six. But man, they don't have a very deep team at all. Struess has been bad. Robinson has been bad for now for two years. Kyle Lowry has been out of the yeah, lineup. Where is the help coming from? Because, I mean, they started Kevin Love. One game, okay. One game, nothing. Victor Oladipo, he's like two for 12 this weekend or something like that. Cody Zeller ain't a scorer out there. It's going to have to be gritting him out and hoping Jimmy hits some crazy shots once it comes playoff time. Yeah, you can see that... Uh... They're not that deep because Kevin Love comes in and starts, <laughs> and you can see that's it's the old Stan Van thing saying, uh, you know, if a guy gets removed from the starting lineup, yeah, we all look at the guy who replaces them, but who replaces the guy who replaces that guy? And their bench is yeah lacking big time. I bring that up because Kyle Lowry, as you said, hasn't played in February because of knee management, and I wonder if we're going to get any semblance of the guy that they signed to a three year 90 million dollar deal this season even so they're they're lacking i think russell westbrook probably would have helped this team more but i guess the clippers said hey you're going to start on our team and maybe he wasn't going to start with the miami heat but they just need bodies just because beyond their second unit of duncan robinson's and all that uh it's just guys that may not be in the league forever so they're their offense is struggling and this is it's odd to think that this team went to the conference finals uh less than a year ago Mm -hmm. um and now they don't get offense from enough enough players. So Kyle Lowry, I think, is the the key to it all. I mean, he's he's an all world player, but he hasn't been that for a while. Uh, we got the Spurs on a 16 game losing streak, the Rockets on a nine game losing streak, and then the Heat are tied with the Pistons on a four game losing streak right now. Um, not not good there from Miami, considering where they are in the playoff standings and trying to battle those Nets and the Knicks and the Hawks right behind them. Raps, Wizards, I guess Bulls. Here they come with Patrick Beverly. So. 
bad timing here. And uh, I don't know if you saw the Jimmy Butler quotes after the game too. This guy is, uh, <laughs> he's over it. He's like, and he's realizing like, we got to figure this out now. We got to start winning some games to avoid playing, to just get in, to obviously have any chance of competing in a first round. So we'll see if they can turn it around. I got some other teams though for losers of the weekend. The Clippers have to be, unfortunately, in a weird way because they played two games against teams in the West with better records than them above them in the standings and they lost both of them in overtime obviously that one to the to the kings there on friday night but then they lost in overtime to the nuggets on sunday denver's got their number they improved to 12 and 2 against the clippers since the clippers playoff bubble collapse uh, started in like game five back in 2020 against those nuggets but Jokic is just a monster they can't stop him he had 40 17 and 10 another triple double another win for denver he was clutch scored 15 of his points in the final 14 minutes of regulation and overtime. A uh, couple timely offensive rebounds as well. So the Clippers just come up short here, Tass. Um, I know you had some thoughts maybe on Westbrook's debut there on Friday and how he's looked, but look, you're not getting – there's no there's no column for like a moral victory here or losing in overtime. This ain't hockey, bro. Do yeah. they get a point in hockey if you lose in overtime? I think is that I, still a thing? I think it is, bro. Is it? I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't do <laughs> it in the sure. NBA, so these are just two losses, and it these is, these are bad. It is weird. It's weird to see a column in hockey that says OTLs. I think they're overtime losses. There I think. Go. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. All right. Anyway, uh, no Zub. That really hurts against Jokic. He was playing against Mason Plumlee in that game, and he was also angered with the way his team got destroyed by the Memphis Grizzlies uh, in their mm. prior game. The Grizzlies mopped them. Yeah. Uh, the Grizzlies yeah, kicked their butts. So, yeah, a couple overtime losses uh, without uh, the Balkan bros battling. He's got Zubats is just desperately needed on this Clippers team. So that that's a part of it, I think, uh, just to help out their defense. The Westbrook thing, yeah, it, it remains a conundrum. I, again, I, I think he helps the speed for sure. You know, like they do play really, really slow. So they're just trying to they're just trying to add that feature to their team, which helped mm-hmm. uh, against the Kings. These the franchise record twenty six threes, pushing that thing. He was finishing at the rim, shot over fifty percent both games. Will that keep up? That's that's a fair question to ask. Who knows? But he also you know gives it back on the other end. As mm-hmm. I said, forty one fast break points uh, against uh, the Clip on Friday. And he got caught ball watching on Malik Monk's three ball to send it into overtime. So there's there's some problems, and also you can you can squint and see like this kind of looks like the 21 team that went to the conference finals uh, against the Phoenix Suns because they've got two five man units that are freaking really 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 good. They go they can go ten deep even without Bones Highland who sat on Friday. But I think a worrisome part is they're not playing Terrence Mann enough. And Ty Lue said it after he only played 18 minutes on Friday, he was good. He should have played more. Yeah, because he, he's, he's just one of their <laughs> oh, better players. Is he players. like Jason Kidd? He doesn't realize he's the coach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did rectify that to some degree on uh, on Sunday. He played in 25 minutes uh, in, a, in a single OT game. So I just worry that Westbrook's going to play more minutes. Westbrook, again, I think should be a first quarter, third quarter type guy and not have to play the fourth quarter because mm. you, need, you need to spread it out to be able to shoot. He does provide a little bit of room, but... <sighs> You know, the guys are guys are just slacking off him, even through two games, yeah. and uh, they're going to do that forever. But the Clippers can't they're, because they're a, a team that hits jump shots. If he provides just a tiny bit more room, then they'll be good. 
but but I don't know. It's just it's a balancing act for Ty Lue. I, I don't really put too much stock into these two losses all that much. I think it's fine. Good teams for yeah. sure. And Kawhi look again. Kawhi had forty four yeah. on. He, he looked. He went into a double overtime game. He didn't. He didn't load manage and sit the overtimes. He played the whole thing. Although Paul George sat after the first overtime because there he got to his limits uh, in minutes, which was really, really, really weird. And then Paul George had a Joel Embiid like shot in this game on uh, Sunday there too, where yep. very similar circumstances. Half a second late uh, on uh, wasn't maybe as deep as Embiid's, but it was from behind half court, and that thing goes. But nope, can't count it. Timberwolves also get a loser of the weekend though. This team, my God. They dropped both of their games over the weekend. Friday, they lost at home to the Hornets. Brutal loss. I mean, that's their first game after the All-Star break. They have this big road trip coming up, and they lose to Charlotte. And again, Gordon Hayward was kicking their ass. And then Sunday, they blew a late fourth quarter lead to the Warriors in San Francisco. They're now 11-18, and 18, the Wolves are, on the road this season. 12 of their final 19 games are away from home. Most of them against pretty good teams. A lot of teams above 500. John Krasinski of The Athletic, he wrote after the Friday loss to the Hornets, the Timberwolves season didn't end on Friday night, it just felt like it. (laughs) It's the guy that's around this team and writing about them day to day. And he brings that up because, and we've said it time and time again here, a season full of just demoralizing performances against teams they should be beating. They've lost twice to the Hornets now, twice to the Wizards, twice to the Pistons, twice to the Spurs, once to the Rockets. That's bad. Add that up. What did I just say? That's like 11 games. I mean, that's you're just like you're putting yourself in too deep a hole. And it was just bad. Um, and they had that one against the Warriors, too. They should have won that game. Both teams were trying to give it away, actually, in that one. But, yeah, not a good weekend from Minnesota. Yeah, not a lot of short-handed Warriors team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no Draymond, no staff. Yeah, yeah. Dray sitting with the, those glasses. That look like they're from the late 1900s. <laughs> I'm not a fan of those, uh, no? those rectangle frameless specs. <laughs> One of those Cartier frames? I guess. Yeah, they must have been. I don't know the I names. I bet you could pull those off, though. Yeah. You, yeah, we should get I you think you have worn those in a TBJ <laughs> skit in the past, right? Have I? I think it was uh, the CSI Miami. <laughs> oh, I think yeah, you wore those. Yeah, maybe. They're so similar. And those are from the late <laughs> 1900s. I guess are you Cartier... saying I was ahead of my time? I guess. Why was I wearing those? Whose were they? Yours? No. Nah. <laughs> I think they were worse. Ah. <laughs> anyway. I have no idea. No, they weren't even square. I think they're more oval. Whatever. Cartier is bringing back fashion, I guess. Well, I believe the buffs are very big in Detroit, specifically. Oh, Draymond those are the buffs. Guy. Oh, Cade, yeah, yeah. Cade wore those. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anthony Edwards looks pretty tired to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, teams are loading up on them, too. I, well, exactly. I mean, you say the Warriors were shorthanded, but obviously no Cat, no Gobert as well. The Timberwolves started Edwards, Reed, Conley, McDaniels, and Kyle Anderson. Edwards went 5 of 19 from the field for only 12 points. He's been carrying this team with Carl Anthony Towns out. We talked about it. He was great in January, great in February. He was chilling during the All-Star game, had a chance to rest there, but he looked like he has been seeing triple teams for about eight weeks straight, and he looks like he should probably take a little bit of a rest, get his legs back underneath him, and come back strong for the last stretch run here. But the Timberwolves can't afford to do that because they've lost all these games against bad teams. So they're still in the play-in mix where every single win matters. And with all the other All-Stars out, he's got to be out there trying to carry the team. So tough spot for them. Yeah, and uh, Clay was starting uh, with, uh, you know, know, the B group of the Warriors, but he's been good. Uh, Six threes in this one. 
12 threes the day before or the game before against the Houston Rockets. The Rockets allowed in consecutive games the Dame 13 threes and the Clay 12 threes. <laughs> so next game, who do they play? Someone's going for 14. Let's here. Let's... Who's going to be the sharpshooter? Oh, I think, I, I think they actually play against uh, the Nuggets is their next game. Okay, so Michael Porter Jr. MPJ. 14 threes. Let's go. Could be. <laughs> Maybe Tomorrow, at least yeah. eight or nine. He's on fire right now. He feels like he hits like True. four to six yeah, or four to seven it. every game, it feels like. Okay. Uh, that's our losers of the weekend. Actually, one more. I don't have footage of it. I didn't even have it. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm an evil man, but even I can't go to this level to pull this clip to show you guys. But I was at the Hawks game, like I said. They did the half-court shot, as they always do. I saw a man take the worst half-court shot I've ever seen. He got booed <laughs> in the arena. This guy, full-grown man. My godson beside me had to make sure. He was like, was that a boy? That's a full grown man. I was like, man. no, that was a man. He shot it. It's a man, baby. He shot it. Guys, it, I kid you not, it barely made it to the three-point line. What? Come I don't know what he did. I don't know if it slipped. Tall dude. And it was like, what just happened? Like, he just, I, I think he just forgot how hard he had to shoot it <laughs> how far it was it was so bad was it a bit was it a bit no it wasn't a bit he looked really sad <laughs> I, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that it slipped but I don't think it did I think he just he didn't know what. maybe he never played basketball I don't know but they got him out there and it was bad oof, oof, oof. I didn't see it but I can't tell what a bit is anymore. No, it's not a bit. Oh, yeah, it wasn't a bit. Trust me. Bit, yeah. This guy just botched it. Oh. And it was one of the worst I've ever seen. And we've taken a lot of bad ones ourselves at yeah. Summer League. But this is... Uh, when it's bouncing right around the three-point line, <laughs> it's little you have to put on that to get it there. It's not that far. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, man. The three-point line? I'm going to actually like find feet. this clip. All right? I will find it. Hopefully, it's on uh, on the little service we have. And we'll try and get it out there to everybody. <laughs> we'll get it out there. Brutal. Service. Brutal. We'll figure it out. Sorry, Half man. Half court shot service. Sorry, but uh, we saw uh, a wedding happen at the Mavs game last week. And then this Sunday, there was a proposal mm. in the stands, sign and everything. And she said no. She walked away. So I just I, – oh, was that a bit? It feels like a bit, right? But Probably a bit. Probably a bit. But it, it was just – it was like in the middle of a bunch of camera shots, and they just went to something else. And it, it was like, it felt like, yeah. But what's the bit? Like, well, last week we married a couple. This week, haha. This person says no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the bit. I know. I, I I guess that's the bit. But but it happens a lot in arenas where the joke is she says no. Yeah, it, it, that's the joke. Like oh we're Hilarious. expecting we're expecting a <laughs> right. celebratory thing. People love it. We're laughing at good the guy who get. Well, or, this half court shot was not a bit. They do this every game. It's the uh, what is it like the Harrah's uh, Casino half 10K? court? Yeah, it's for ten k. Good question in the stream team. Did he look at his hand or the floor afterward? Yeah. No, I don't think he did. I, I think this guy has never shot a half court shot. Just didn't know how hard he had to shoot it. I think. <laughs> it's so it was so bad. So at least twice as hard is what you're saying. Oh my yes, at least at least you got to give it a chance. Like it wasn't obviously it didn't even go high. Like and that's the other thing you could say. Well, did he just shoot it way too high, <laughs> and then it just came up way too? <laughs> nope, nope. He just didn't shoot it. He just he just botched it, man. Ugh. But we boo. <laughs> I mean, I booed him. What am I doing? <laughs> I had to. I felt like I had to boo him. It's like what a waste. You booed? I booed. Wow. I thought it was deserving. 
I mean, I'm gonna research it. I'm, I'm gonna dip into our I service. I honestly thought it was deserving. When, when did this happen? Uh, when did they do it? The second half. Sometimes right, scrub the whole half. game we'll real quick. I can't anyway, believe you booed him. I had to. JD. He his record is better than your record for half court shots. Well, Damn. well, no, it should count to get it on the rim, or the backboard, or, or past the, the free throw free line. <laughs> I mean, that counts, JD. Yeah, should have got under. Fair enough. You're right. Yeah, at least further. mine are like an overtime loss. I'm just saying the right? bo- a box score. It, no, nah, it's an be... overtime loss. Ooh. It says hit the rim on a half court shot multiple times. <laughs> write the like story that. when the ball is in the air. Yeah. yeah. Well, it I... wasn't in the air long. You yeah. could write the story. <laughs> no chance. I actually saw Skeets make a half court shot last week. You made one to pick up. <laughs> Nobody was paying attention. That's why you made it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Somebody did. So one person cheered like, ooh, nice. Uh, all right, we gotta take a break. When we come back, pick them results and tweet of the night. Don't go anywhere. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. All right. Pick'em results from Friday night. It was the Kings-Clippers game. What a game that we picked. Uh, Clips had to win by seven or more, and they did not, even though they had a couple leads there and the opportunity to do so. But I got it right. I think I was the only one that took Sacramento in the end. You guys both had the Clippers, uh, so I improve to five and nine in February. Same record as Tass. Trey, eight and six. What's our game tonight? This is a good one. Boston and the New York Knicks. Knicks, hot. Boston, great. In Madison Square Garden. Boston favored by three and a half. Ooh, in the garden. Yeah, it seems like a good size line. Yeah, yeah a, a little bit. Chunk, chunk line. So that's why I'll go with the Knicks. Let's okay. take those three points. Why okay. the heck not? You guys think the Celtics will cover, win by four or more on the road. Yep, should be a good game, though. But they got to win. Yeah, they got to win by four. Whew. All right, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I feel like a Tatum bounce back game. He didn't play well despite hitting the game no, winner. Hit the glass, though. He did. He did. All right, we'll find out tonight. Only four games on tonight, right? Not a lot. Yeah, it's four. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We got Pistons, Hornets, Heat, Sixers on NBA TV, that Celtics-Knicks game, and then Magic Pelicans. Ugh. That's not a great That's not a great lineup tonight. Not exciting. No. Not exciting. No. No. That's why we picked playback for tomorrow night. Ooh, Join us tomorrow okay. night. We got Raps Bulls. Oh, big Whoa. play and matchup. Raps Bulls. Big play and matchup right there. All right. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet off. This one from a 71-point scorer this season. The other one, Donovan Mitchell. Tweeting about Damian Lillard's night, he said, My mom calls me and says, Dame Lillard, tied your record. You got to go get 72 now. Crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji. Mom. Moms. Supporting. Uh, And also uh, a shout out to dads, Mark Jones. Mm. You know him from uh, ESPN fame, from uh, Kings fame from Canadian fame. Uh, he called a game with his daughter this weekend. Frickin' cool. She plays uh, for San Jose State, where he is uh, alumni as well, and uh, they call the game together. Uh, I'm not sure why she wasn't playing. She may be injured, but she's a sophomore guard uh, for San Jose State. 
What a moment. Very, 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 very cool. I think uh, she wants to get into the broadcast game. She was also part of uh, the Kings all-female and, and non-binary telecast earlier this season. Oh, yeah. Uh, so she was part of that. So cool. Mark and Sophia Jones. What a combo. And shout out to Paul Jones as well. Jonesy from uh, Toronto. <laughs> Mark Jones' uh, brother. Just a just a family affair. Sounds like we're keeping, very up with, cool. keeping up with the Jones here. <laughs> um, you know how many puns we've had on this show? <laughs> pretty good I, I think we've got a good. record record for this season it's been it's been like in in this show alone 100 percent. this is a record <laughs> wow. other than our pun guns oh right, right. Okay. but natural uh, yeah it's kind of like a donovan mitchell's mom saying he had the record mm-hmm. for this season yeah, he yeah, had yeah. The record. Yeah. yeah do you yeah, think yeah, we're yeah. gonna see right. another 70 point game this yeah. season yes this season yes oh that was quick you were quick to that well we're getting to the part of the season where some teams are gonna 100 percent give up <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some already have. Houston has to play 20 more games. Yep. So there's 20 <laughs> chances right there yeah, at yeah. somebody going over 70. We might even get an 80 this season. <sighs> wow. Just need one hot shooting night. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I, I Honestly, I don't think it's far-fetched. I'm with you. 70 and 80? Oh, God. But uh, <laughs> 70? Sure, why not? Yeah. These guys, I mean, they can hit. You, you, like you're, you're giving yourself a hell of a chance if you can hit over 10 threes in a game, yep. get to the line, of course, put some pressure on there, and then, yeah, it's sort of like maybe gun for it. I thought it was funny how Lillard, like, he, he you could tell he was, like, obviously wanted to get a number like that, set his own career high, getting past 61 finally, which he had done a couple times, but then it was like he got, he got into the, like, all right, we're up huge now. Like, at the end, the Blazers players were like, here, man, here, come take it. And I think, wasn't he just like, ah, just, you just do something. I don't want to shoot it anymore. It was like Watford at the end or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought he, it felt to me like he wanted to get over 70. Yeah, And yeah, then yeah. once he got over 70, he's like, somebody else can shoot now yeah, that yeah, we're yeah. up by 20. Now we got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tell us, who's going to go for 70 next? Who's in the running? I guess, who would you say? Who's your best chance to go for 70? Let's say, you know, not Mitchell or Lillard, somebody else. Is it a is it a Booker? Is it a Tatum? Is it a Embiid? I guess there's a clay shot. He's had a 60-point game. He's clay. hot. If Curry's not there, just let him let him okay. shoot every shot. But okay. then Jordan's going to steal some of those shots. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Okay. Uh, okay. It's not Harden. No. It's not him anymore. Trey? Could Trey Young have a suddenly... Uh... A massive three-point shooting night in him. Mm-hmm. He's had a bad year, but he's sort of getting going now. He's got the new coach. Quinn says gonna, Quinn Snyder's going to come in and say, hey, I used to coach Donovan Mitchell. That was the reason why this guy eventually got to 71 points. <laughs> let us know. Just Stream let us team's know. throwing in some names. Yeah, who we got? Zach Levine. Tatum. Sure. People Tatum. must be looking at the Rockets' schedule. Yeah, I like Tatum. Tatum. Celtics, Celtics play the, the Rockets one more time March 13th. Donovan Mitchell plays against the Houston Rockets on March 26th. Might yeah. want to mark down 72 already. Winner of the weekend, Monday, March 27th. Donovan Mitchell scores 73 points wow. in victory over Houston Rockets. Clip it for <laughs> later. See the future. There it is. All right, let's call it there, guys. Uh, a fun edition, hopefully a classic NBA weekend winners and losers. Tell us who we missed in the comments. Tweet them in at No Dunksing. Only four games on tonight. That's not going to stop us from coming back here at 10 a.m. Eastern to recap those games get into whatever other news is happening in the NBA. Might do a little fun thing on games to watch, like must-watch games down the home stretch here with only like 20 games left for each team. A couple on the calendar that maybe you should circle and zero in on. So we'll do that on tomorrow's podcast probably as well. See you then. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, what about Tim Hardaway? 
<laughs> Next oh, 70 I, point I just, game. I need a 50 from my guy Tim first. Is it 40? Does he have 40? I think he's flirted with a 40, yeah. He always has. He's had like, a, I mean, not this flirted. year as much, but in years prior, he has like a 31 point half. Or a 28 point half. You know, like everybody gets excited. Everybody starts tweeting me, tonight's the night, tonight's the night, with Tim Hardaway Jr. hitting 50. Flirting with 40. Never happens. Tim Hardaway. All right. Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> He's going to do it. That'd <laughs> be amazing. All right, guys. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Embrace it, people.